Well, I want to read something, and uh, you can stand or sit or lay on the floor. From John chapter 3. Praise God, praise God. In John chapter 3, Jesus said in verse 5, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Of course, being born of water, uh, physical birth, being born of the Spirit is a spiritual birth, or what he called in verse 3, being born again. He said in verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. In other words, that which is born of the Holy Spirit is spirit. Now, you understand in the in the Bible, when we read the word spirit, um, it's, an, it's an interesting thing because sometimes you can't uh, just by the word immediately tell what what spirit is being referenced. You know, Holy Spirit, human spirit, evil spirit, uh, just spirit, period. Spirit by nature of not flesh, but spirit, right? Uh, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So it's like a descriptive word. It is spirit, it's not flesh, it's not the physical, it's the spiritual. Right? The, the, the Greek language uses the word, whether the word spirit comes from uh, the Greek word pneuma, starts with a P, as you can obviously tell. Waste of a letter. Uh, pneuma. But it's translated like, uh, you know, I understand, I'm not a Greek scholar, but they, you know, some words like that are sometimes tough to translate into our language because they mean like spirit or breath or some, some, uh, some experts in, in the language have said that that's a word that almost would be better translated not with our syllables and our sounds, but like, like, a, let me try to do it with my mic, like, like the holy. And that which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the is you know, it's, it's, I mean, because we, we know the Spirit Himself, the Holy Spirit, He's, of course, everywhere. He, he, he fills the space, right? And, and there's an element that's true. Now, I mean, we're not omnipresent, but there's an element about us that's like Him. We are. So what's going on in you? It's hard to put in words. Well, what happened when you were born again? Uh. I don't know. There's not really a container for this. It's like I reach out beyond. You know, it's, it's, there's something about me that's spirit. And it is. It's, uh, it's, the, it's the spirit of life. Uh, inside of we've been made alive, but we are spirit beings. And, and so when we, when we talk about spiritual things, that's why sometimes you talk a lot about it and it's hard to just say it in a sentence. Well, what does that mean? you get that? <laughs> How do you wrap your words around that? 
And, uh, and so that's the, that's the same thing. Verse 7, do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. Look, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you can't tell where it comes from and where it goes. So everyone who is born of the Spirit, there's a, there's, there's, there's a mystery about us. There's something about a spiritual life that can't be nailed down. There's something about you. You have a little bit of mystique to you since you've been born again. There's something mysterious about your life. Where, where, where'd you come from? Where, where, where are you going? What, what, what's happening here? It's beyond explanation. That's why sometimes the only way we can explain it is we speak in tongues. But then that has to have an interpretation or they still don't get it. Right? But this is a part of who we are. And this is why much of the language of the New Covenant, you read the New Testament, it, it, there's, there's much talk of the Holy Spirit. He, he's the kind of the, the, the primary agent. I mean, of course, Jesus is the Savior, but then he said, it's needful to, to say to his disciples that I leave. Because if I don't leave, the, the helper, the Holy Spirit, the comforter, he, he won't be able to come. So when I leave, he comes. And he fills you. And it's really good. All right? And now we have this, this breath of God in us. We have this, this spiritual aspect this, that w- where it's, it's hard to define. And that's why, uh, you, know, you know, sometimes when we uh, speak with one another, I'm sure you've experienced this. We have this in, in, in services too. But you, you share with someone, you start talking about the Lord. And all of a sudden, you don't know, what, it's like, where did that come from? And there's something else, really someone else, but there's, the atmosphere changes. And sometimes you minister and all of a sudden, wow, look at that, you know, and you start, I, I, mean, I don't want to carnalize it, but sometimes, you know, it's like you got goosebumps. Sometimes there's like, wow, there's just something here, something on me, something, something's happening. Where'd that come from? Well, he's been everywhere. He's, he's everywhere. He, he fills the space. And how many know, like, like, the, like the wind, he says, the wind blows where it wishes. The, the wind is just moving air, right? And the air is everywhere, right? It's all around us, but it's not always moving. When it moves, you start to feel it. Likewise, the Spirit is everywhere. And, but He's not always moving. There's not always a move of the Spirit 24-7 in your life. But he's always there, always ready. I, I, th- I mean, I, can't, I find it hard to believe that there's too many times where he doesn't want to move. He doesn't have something to say. If we look to him, if we give place to him. And how many know the more you begin to speak about the Lord and you begin to speak about the, the things of God, that's what the Holy Spirit moves on. Right? Remember, the, remember all the way back in Genesis, the Spirit hovered over the face of the deep. And God spoke, and the Spirit of God began to manifest and change things, okay? And so likewise it is with us. We give place to Him, and there He goes. There He goes, and He starts to do something. He starts to reveal, He starts to speak, and starts to to move and manifest. So Jesus talked about this in reference to being born again. We are born of the Spirit. Say that with me. Say, I am born of the Spirit. See, how many know it's very important to be 
born of the Spirit. We should know what we're born of. All right? He who is born of the Spirit is Spirit. So I is Spirit. I am Spirit. So there's something all, it's just, it's already true about anyone who's been born again. Uh, You have, there's something about you that is spiritual. All right? Don't think of yourself in terms of uh, flesh and carnality and just natural stuff. There's much more to you than meets the eye. Much, you know, sometimes people read and they find out about the, the three parts of our being, you know, from 1 Thessalonians 5.23 and other places. And they'll say, we're three parts, body, soul, and spirit. Well, technically, uh, that can, that's all the three parts. But it's interesting when someone always talks about their body first. When the, when the scripture says we are spirit, soul, and body. Uh, sometimes that's a revelation that we are just more mindful of physical things. And we need to be more mindful of spiritual things. All right? You are spirit. You're just in your suit, your body. Amen. So there, there are dimensions to you and me that go beyond our corporeal being. There are dimensions to you, to you that, that, that can, I don't mean to sound, sound like ozone or anything like that, but there are dimensions to you that are, are, far, are far beyond what your physical being can, can, uh, can handle. Or can contain. Amen. And we know this, I think. I mean, we know the difference between laying hands on, for example, for healing or for Holy Spirit baptism. Or we, uh, we laying hands on someone and there being a transfer and just laying hands on something. I mean, no, it looks the same on the outside, but it's not the same. When, there, when there's a different spiritual activity going on there. I've, I've uh, laid my, quote, laid my hands on many people casually without thinking of anything. Just, hey, how's it going? Do it all the time. Shake hands, pat, some, pat someone on the, uh, on the back. There's nothing spiritual really happening there. You know, it's, <laughs> it's just relational. But I've also many times laid hands on people, sometimes grabbed their hands, sometimes put my hand on their shoulder. And, and there is a most, most definite transfer of something spiritual. Many times it was perceived by me and the other person. You know what I'm talking about. So there are, there's a common activity, but sometimes a, uh, there's a spiritual involvement there that is also happening. Christians should be aware of this stuff, by the way. We, we should know this. We should recognize that, uh, you know, when there's a spiritual move, okay? Praise the Lord. Now, uh, in a few minutes here, I want to I wanna minister to individuals who haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, all right? In other words, uh, you've never received the baptism of with the Holy Spirit, and it, it comes with a, a language called other tongues, speaking in languages, other tongues. If you've never received that and, and want to uh, receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, then we want to do that here in a little bit, okay? Giving you a heads up so you can practice. No, you don't want to practice. Because <laughs> uh, some of you, you've been wanting that, and, and uh, this is your night. Hallelujah. 
Praise God. And so, uh, when it comes to these things, how many know there are three, uh, there are three primary, I, I call them primary, it's my language, primary baptisms in Scripture. There is, number one, being baptized into the body of Christ. That's called being born again, but it is called a baptism. Secondly, there is being baptized in water. All right, we know what that is. Go under the water, be baptized in water. And then third, there is the baptism in or with the Holy Spirit. Okay, baptized in the Holy Spirit. And that's when a person receives power from on high. Okay, they're made a witness because of that power that comes on and fills them. And when that happens, um, they speak with, they speak with uh, spiritual language. Okay, and among other things, all right. And uh, uh, how many, how many in here could could testify it with a with an uplifted hand? Say when I got and don't feel obligated to do this. Not this is not everyone. I mean, but you you noticed be beyond the language. You noticed when you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit that things changed in your life. How many lift up their hand? And say that's true. Okay, so uh, I hear hear that all the time. You know, I, people who are filled with the Spirit usually are great proponents of other people being filled with the Spirit, because it's like, this is really good. This is really nice. You know, it, it's amazing how, that there are individuals out there that are trying to talk people out of this. They are. And they try to tell you, oh no, that's not for today. <laughs> uh, you're too late, dude. <laughs> uh, for some of us, right? Too late. Uh, you came too late to my door because I already found, found out it, it's real and, and everything else. Uh, and of course, when you find out something like that out, you want to help others. Praise God. And so, uh, being filled with the Spirit, very, very, very important. In the, in the early church, look, look over at, at, at Acts chapter 6. When the, when the church was started, these are the early days, that's what the book of Acts is. Um, uh, they had different things come up. As the church started gathering and, and they needed to handle some natural things and, and they were just distributing uh, some food and different things like that. And they, they, had, they had this situation where they, uh, they needed to put some people over it uh, that, that, would, that would conduct that ministry. It was the ministry of helps or the, or the deacon's ministry as they were serving tables. And... Uh, but he, what was said here, I'm looking for the verses I'm talking. Uh, it said in verse 3, Acts 6 and verse 3, Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. You notice one of the qualifications uh, for them being uh, involved in this ministry is that they be full of the Holy Spirit. All right? Okay. Now, in the, in those in those days, of course, uh, there wasn't there hadn't denominations hadn't started yet, so the Holy Spirit was still for everybody, right? And so uh, there there, was, there weren't other groups out there that said no, that's passed away, that passed away with the uh, the apostles. And the apostles said, well, we're still here, so <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> and uh, and so the, there wasn't that kind of stuff going on, but there was a, a characteristic of someone who would not only receive the Holy Spirit, but then would would live full of the Spirit. 
All right, I think that's what that's referencing. As all these people had received the Holy Spirit, but uh, then they would they lived full. They lived a spirit-filled life. Okay, and and one of the greatest challenges we have is trying to live the Christian life full of something other than the Spirit. All right, and how many know we're kind of built that way to be full of something? Aren't we? We're full of something all the time. Our mind is on something. Our, we're, we occupy ourselves with something. We seem to be containers that are designed to be filled up. And so if we get filled with the Spirit and continually be filled with the Spirit, we displace things that are contrary to the Spirit. That's how you live a powerful life. That's how you live an overcoming life. That's how you stay out of depression. That's how you, you, you know, you, you stay on the victory side. Stay full of the victorious spirit. Stay full of the life-giving spirit. Amen. Praise God. Now, how many know that doesn't happen by being preoccupied with all the things, cares and things of the world? Can't, we can't spend all of our time doing natural worldly things and expect to stay spiritually full. Right? But you, I mean, it does, does take time, just like the person who wants to get full of, full of other kinds of spirits, you know, at the bar. How they call those spirits? How many know they have to spend some time there? Right? They spend a lot of time, just keep putting it in, keep putting it in, then they become full of the spirits. <laughs> right? Well, in other words, they're giving time and then they, they, they become full of that and then they're their thoughts, their behavior becomes influenced by what's in them uh, to, in the full. Okay. Likewise, it is when we spend time with the Lord in worship and praying in other tongues and these kind of things, uh, we, 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 can, we are drinking while we do it. And we can stay full, which displaces a whole lot of junk and bunk and baloney. Okay. You've heard me say this, I think I said it recently, uh, concerning relationships, concerning marriage. One of, the, one of the best things to produce a strong, long-lasting marriage is to have two people who are personally mature. They're developed in the love walk, okay? When you get two people who are, who are personally mature, then you don't have one person hanging on the other all the time. Now, when I mean hanging, I mean that figuratively. I mean, they're always pressuring them to treat them a certain way. I need this. They're, you know, they're the what about Bob people. Uh, uh, you know, I need this from you. I need this. Do this for me, but you're not fulfilling this need. How I many know that can get real old? But when you get two people relying on, really on the Lord, talking Christian maturity here, relying on the Lord, you're really set up for something good to happen. Okay, but I would say in addition to that, one of the other uh, primary, and they really go hand in hand, but the, the, one of the other primary things that helps us overcome in relationships and marriage in all areas of life is simply living a spirit-filled life. Because when you're full of the spirit, you're not full of yourself. When you're full of the spirit, you're not full of, of, of anger. When you're full of the spirit, you're not full of, of, uh, of bitterness. You're full of the Spirit. You're not full of hurt. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And listen, you can be saturated enough and full of the Spirit enough to where nothing bothers you. Nothing at all bothers you. Nothing what people say and do bothers you. It's like, 
You're just really under the influence of the spirit of love and joy and peace and, and power and, and, and all this stuff. You know what I'm talking about? He really is that way. I've been, I've been so full of the spirit at times. I don't mean I live at this level. I'd like to. So full of the spirit at times that I didn't even know there's anything else. Because <laughs> I'm just a hundred, it seemed like to me, a hundred percent caught up in him. And I don't have any, I don't even have an ill thought about anything, about anyone, about just full of God. And to, to experience the love of God on that level is a wonderful thing. And so being full of the spirit is very, very important. You know, uh, over in uh, Ephesians chapter five, you know, the scripture compares this to and likens it, it really contrasts it. That's probably a better word. Contrasts it, even though there's similarities, it, it contrasts it to, to being drunk on, on wine. And the interesting thing about that, so, someone said, well, why would someone, it, it's Ephesians 5, uh, 18, and do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Why would someone be drunk with wine? Well, I could answer that a number of ways, but here's a good answer. Because they're not filled with the Spirit. If someone is filled with the Spirit, they do not want to be nor need to be drunk with wine. Now, I understand why people get drunk with wine or, you know, or any other kinds of alcohol. Why? Well, there's, life is hard. <laughs> you know, there's pressure. There's this, there's that. And people want a release from that. They want a break from it, and it dulls their senses, and they don't feel it. And they feel, I understand why someone does that. But obviously we know as, as, as believers, that is a substitute, a bad substitute for the real thing. Okay? I'm not saying a Christian couldn't be tempted to be drunk with wine, but they couldn't be the same time they're, as they're filled with the Spirit. You're not filled with the Spirit and saying, I want something else. Because being filled with the Spirit is enough. It's, it, and it's, it's more than satisfying. All right? So if someone, has, if someone struggles with different, different things, everything from emotional you know, negatives and outbreaks and all this kind of stuff to literally temptations to, you know, with substance abuse and that kind of stuff. Watch. If you could be filled with the Spirit instead, you'd get similar perceptions, similar feelings, um, but way better. And no, and no negatives. No, no, no side effects. But here's the thing. You wouldn't you wouldn't want to be filled with something else when you're filled with the Spirit. Absolutely, it is beyond anything else satisfying. And not only that, of course, being filled with the Spirit, uh, God had, had a multifold uh, purpose in prescribing this for the, for the New Testament believer. Not only do we like it, not only does it feel good, it empowers us to do His work. Because Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's the Greek word dunamis, or where we get the word dynamite. It's miracle power. It's 
It's, it's, it's that power when you lay hands on someone and goes. That's dunamis. It's that, it's that power when you're just sitting around talking about the Lord all of a sudden. Whoa. Feel that? What is that? Dunamis. It's spirit of power. And it, it can change things. It's really good. Amen. But in the early church, again, they looked for people, say, if we're going to use someone, if someone's going to be used of God and minister in the church, make sure they're spirit-filled. Make sure that, I don't mean they just spoke in tongues 20 years ago. I don't think that was the, make sure they're full of the Spirit. Because if they're not full of the Spirit, how are they going to deal with complainers? Because people were complaining. They were saying, this person's getting more than this. This group's getting more than this group. We need to put some people over it. Make sure they're full of the Spirit, though, because that'll eat their lunch if they're not. Uh, There are a lot of things in life that really are not very fun. (laughs) They're not fun to deal with. But if you're full of the Spirit, it's not a a deal. You can handle it. You know, uh, a friend said one time that that the Lord told him, he said, if you'll you'll spend more time with me, you'll stop caring about what everyone thinks. (laughs) Well, when you spend time in the presence of the Lord, what happens? You get filled. You get filled again. Filled again, filled again. When you're filled with Him, you, you, you're mindful of what He thinks, what He wants, His plan, and you, what other people think, what they, what they want. And I'm not talking about not caring about what other people want in the sense of serving and ministering to them. I'm talking about what other people want in the sense of they want to uh, expect you to do, be a certain way. They want to criti- be critical of you, that kind of stuff. Uh, you just don't care about that. The will of the Lord matters above everything else. Amen. Praise God, and so and so there are those 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 three baptisms that that are essential. Every every Christian, it surprises me sometimes, uh, but because we do it all, we do baptisms here all the time. But individuals come say, "I've been born again for ten years, haven't gotten baptized." What are you waiting for? I mean, I know I understand sometimes that you don't realize the importance of it and and how the Lord doesn't tell us to do things for with you know without a purpose. And so it's like, okay, well, giddy up. Let's get, it, get, get this done and get going. You know, let's get going with this. Why, why, why delay God's best in your life by putting things off? And at the same time, uh, the Holy Spirit, the, the Holy Spirit baptism, baptism in the Holy Spirit. Why, why, why would someone delay that and put that off? No, no, no. Might as well get it from, get it from the start. You know, just just right away, just get filled with the Spirit, and that way you have that other that dimension to your life. I used to present it, and and I talk about uh, cars with all the options. You know, you got your car, you're saved. But you know, they used to be. I guess they maybe still, they do they still make cars with manual windows and stuff. They do. <laughs> You know, you, but uh, you, you, then you got your cars that have all the, all the all the goodies, right? Everything's power, power this and power that, and and, and it's just better, right? It's just easier. It's just at your fingertips. And, and there's some aspects to be to being a Christian and then receiving power where things literally do get easier. I mean, I don't know how many times people have told me, yeah, when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I, st- I would read the Bible, and it was totally different. Totally different. All of a sudden, wow, look at that. They started seeing things. Apparently, they got the 
power deal, huh? They got the package deal with power. And, and it wasn't just I got to speak in tongues. It was uh, all of a sudden I have revelation knowledge had come to me. And I tell you, that's, that's good. That's, that's worth a whole lot right there. So anyway, I could talk about these things a long time, but there is a, there, there is a move of the Spirit that is happening in our day, and it's happening in my life, and it's happening in our church, and the Spirit of God is moving on a consistent and, and upward incline. We're seeing things more and more, and watch, watch. It'll keep getting better. Watch. It'll keep getting, it will keep getting better. It will. And the move of the Spirit. But uh, what we need to have is also, uh, we do these things on a personal level. How many know even in a, even in a service like, like we're having, uh, the, the, the level at which we come into a service, you know, as a whole, determines where we start. And how many know if you come in at a higher level, we go further. Yeah, but if you come in... I mean, I want anyone to come in. I want people to come in no matter where they are. You know what I'm talking about? But if, but if everyone came out, and they're just crawling. <laughs> you know, everyone came in, they're just crawling at the very bottom of the barrel. Lord, you know, dry and worn out and empty. And, uh, well, we got to stir it up, don't we? What I mean by that, our minds are going a hundred different directions. We're not really focused. Uh, well, we gotta, we got to come together. And sometimes, depending on what happens, sometimes that takes a little while. But... That's what we're here for. But at the same time, you know, if we can if we can start at a higher level and start full of the Spirit, we can go farther. We can see more. We can experience God on a greater level. And then there's more revelation. There's more things that will happen. Praise God. Amen.